0: Welcome back to the In Our Network podcast, where I sit down with women and get candid about landing your dream career, mental health, sustainability, and so much more. If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Kyla Kaplan, and today I'm joined by Blair McGregor. Blair was born and raised in Toronto and has spent the better part of her career working in the community building space. Both online and offline at companies like Soho House, Kitten Ace, and now TikTok. She started out in the fashion industry with short stints in New York and Vancouver and ultimately ended up back in Toronto. She's currently a partner manager on the TikTok Canada team working primarily with entertainment talent and public figures on the platform. As always, I'll be leaving all of her links in the show notes, but in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Blair. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, thank you for having me. So exciting. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. And I'm so excited to just get into, obviously, what you do at TikTok and your career background. But before we get started, I always like to ask what you're most looking forward to this week.
1: Yeah. This is very timely. I'm getting my vaccine tomorrow. So I am looking forward to that tomorrow, 1240 PM. So I think I'll be quite relieved after that first dose. So that is on my mind this week. That's so exciting. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. I know it's like a long time coming. Thankfully, I'm in that group now and I'm very stoked. So that is tomorrow. So awesome.
0: Well, you know, I'd love to get into your career and just your background. So can you give us a how you got started in the industry and ultimately, you know, what led you to TikTok?
1: Yeah. So I was born raised in Toronto. Um, I have lived in Toronto most of my life with a stint in Vancouver a few years ago for about a year. Um, I went to Dalhousie University in Halifax and I did sociology, social anthropology there. Obviously this is not ultimately what I decided to pursue. Which I think is the case for most people, but um, when I was younger, you know, 16, 17, I really, really wanted to work in fashion, and this is really what ended up being a good chunk of my career. So, I started interning when I was 18, which is which feels very young, but felt normal then. And shout out to Smythe, which was my first internship um, when I was 18, and really the best one I could ask for. It was you know, designer jackets, and they were an incredible brand, incredible first step into that industry. So that was kind of where I got my start. And I feel like with interning, you know, the skills that you develop really on really early on as an intern are important and kind of shaped a lot of how I feel like I work today. So that's sort of how I got started. Um, I won't go into too much detail right now. But over the next kind of several years leading up to where I am now, I worked a lot in kind of building communities, both online and offline. And so that's sort of where that led me to ultimately. So yeah, now I'm I am at TikTok currently. I've been at TikTok for, I don't know how many months it is now, but I started in August right in the pandemic. So that's kind of where I started and where I am now. That's so exciting. And I definitely want to get into TikTok a
0: bit more, obviously. But in terms of your university background, so... You went into it with a sociology major. At what point did you realize like this isn't for me? I need to kind of pivot and was that uncomfortable
1: at all? And Yeah, not really. I I knew that I wanted to get, you know, a general arts degree and I really enjoyed university. I really enjoyed what I learned in sociology and You know, I was curious about communities and people, and so the courses I was able to take were really interesting. Um, But I knew going into it that that's not what I wanted to do ultimately. So what I took away from university more than the actual degree was kind of developing a really strong work ethic independently, and and getting my work done and all that thing, all those things you're expected to do when you're fresh out of high school. Um, You don't have your parents telling you what to do or where to go or where to be on time. So. All of those skills that I developed in university, I think served me, but it wasn't really an uncomfortable pivot because I knew I would start being able to intern and things like that during the summer. So that's kind of what I did to shift me into what I wanted to do after. And I do feel lucky in that I never really had a moment in my life or career where I was like, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. I really knew early on, I was kind of um, really into fashion. I knew that I wanted to do something in that world and I was ambitious and I've always been pretty career driven. So I just kind of started going really young, 18. Um, And those led me into different, into different opportunities in fashion throughout the years. Mm -hmm. And that's like you mentioned, pretty young to start your internships at 18. Like you typically
0: see them in like maybe your second year, maybe your third year. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the skills that you really learned, like, can you tell us a little bit more about that in terms of the work ethic that you did build that you now see is translated into your career. And did you have any like experiences that stand out like positive or negative?
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's maybe because my parents just ingrained a very kind of strong work ethic into me very young. And my dad, you know, was a recruiter all my life for the internships. I vividly remember them telling me when I was 18 and and then I interned in New York after that too. There will be other people that are interning alongside you, so if you can stand out, that would that's always great. And really simple ways to stand out when you're that young are, you know, being early, like being fifteen minutes early every day, staying late, um, having a good attitude, not having, you know, an attitude about doing any menial task. And a lot of it is like really not fun. There were hours that I spent doing stuff that I would never want to do again, but you do it because you're trying to get ahead. So yeah, there were definitely moments where I was like, I can't believe that I'm not being paid because back in the day, this was, again, I was 18 and I'm 32 now, but there was nothing, there was no payment. There was no lunch. There was no covering your subway fare, nothing. So you were truly, truly working for free. Um And there were perks of course, in fashion, you get some clothes and some products and stuff like that. But The skills that you learn as an intern, I feel are just important because you can stand out easily. And I really truly still believe this, that it's just a few things that you need to do in order to kind of impress people and and get a little bit ahead. So I do feel like everyone should intern at some point. I think it's, it's where you learn a lot very, very early on and can be a great launching pad. And it also shows you people's character really early because if they treat interns well, generally they're probably pretty good people. So I've kind of always remembered that in my career.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's wild too. When I think about unpaid internships and I think it's so common, like you mentioned
1: in the fashion industry. And I'm happy it's changed. I will say I'm very happy about that shift. And I, and it's, it's been a long time coming, but I even remember one time work, and I was working like five days a week. This wasn't part-time. This was full-time, nine to five, sometimes nine to seven. That's crazy. And I remember when I was in New York interning and I was so worried to ask for a day off midweek because I wanted to go somewhere. And, and my boss was like, you're literally not being paid. Of course you can take a day off midweek. So, but yes, I'm happy about the change. Because
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of articles where... Companies kind of lose out on really great people because it's unpaid, because there are, especially in minorities, like where you physically cannot. Afford to take an unpaid internship. Exactly. So I'm so happy that it is going in that direction. I agree. I want to get into this a little bit more. I know it's not like on our docket today, but I think people find it really interesting just your perspective of internships, mm-hmm. especially, you know, working in Toronto, Vancouver, and New York. Um, you definitely have a lot of experience on what it takes to get a really good internship, what it takes to get a really good job. So what did the process look like for you so early on to when you were 18, applying for places? Like, was it very much like who you know type of game or was it really easy to get an internship?
1: It definitely wasn't easy. I will say that I was very lucky and that it was someone I knew. And it was, I'll tell you the story because it's kind of a cute story. But when I was 16 in high school, the women who ended up being my first internship did like a presentation at my high school on career day. And I remember they had this press book of all the celebrities that were wearing their clothes. And we just all thought it was so cool that like Jessica Simpson was wearing their clothes and all these people. And I went up to them at the end of the presentation. I was like, do you guys hire interns or how does it work? And they were basically like, call us when you're a little bit older. And so I did. And I, I think I cold emailed and I was home for like reading week or something. And I went in for an interview and I think I was just really excited about the industry and about the position. And I was pretty clear that I would do pretty much anything they wanted me to do. So that's how I got the first one. And, and again, like this, this plays into any part of anyone's career. It always helps to know someone, but not everyone has that luxury. So if you, you know, cold call, cold email, write a professional note, there's little things you can do to stand out. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got started, but yeah, it was, I was (laughs) 16 and I had braces. (laughs) Well, I mean, kudos to you for being
0: so persistent because you need to be like you, you're honestly, you're not going to get anywhere if you're not persistent when when it comes to like following up or reaching out. So um, in terms of like your favorite internships and just what really stands out to you, whether it's like a skill that you learned or maybe just a specific experience that you went through, like what
1: stands out to you and- do you have like a story behind it? Yeah. I'm trying to think probably the same first one that I had. Um, I was there for a while and I would kind of go back every summer and intern for them for a couple of years. Um, so instead of working, you know, in a restaurant or a camp or something, I would intern for them full time. And, I think I sort of, I, I don't really remember how it happened because it was so long ago. But again, uh, I think I sort of expressed like if there's anything else I can be doing to make money here, can we can we talk about that? And so there was, there was kind of just like this part-time, um, you know, very admin heavy kind of quality checking job that I was able to do to get some money out of it. So I was able to transition from unpaid to partially paid. But that was a really cool internship because I got to see so many facets of the business and, like, whether that was, you know, the back end of like a factory making the clothes and, like, you know, showing up in press and all that stuff. So, I feel like I just tried to make myself invaluable to them and and just show that I was kind of willing to do anything. And again, like, you know, some days I would sit there and be like, oh, I can't believe that I'm still, you know, sorting through these buttons or something like that. But that's what you do when you're when you're younger and you're trying to kind of get a job. Uh, so... I don't know if that answers your question, but that was that was something that always sticks out in my head of like how I sort of transitioned from just being kind of the unpaid intern to saying like, what can I do to keep myself around and get a little bit of money?
0: Right, exactly. And I think you also have to kind of put your ego aside when it comes to, yes, like you mentioned, sorting those
1: buttons, like you have to do that in order to get the next thing. So like you have to put your ego aside. And if anyone is listening who is considering an internship or wants to stand out, I would just say that is the biggest thing because I've worked with interns since then and I've been the more senior one it's like mm-hmm. if you can just put your ego aside and put in the work and show up and and you know stay late and do more and offer help and and all those things it really 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 does work so yeah no ego and just doing the tasks that are even though they're bullshit they will serve you at some <laughs> point
0: yeah it's almost like a rite of passage so it's totally it seems- It's nice to know that, you know, everyone does go through that. And I've definitely gone through my fair share of like knocking on doors, being like, can you sign this? Like being very much an admin person. So you mentioned community building and that's where, you know, you really leaned into your expertise and really building communities. So how did that lead to your role now at TikTok, which is in partnerships and public figures?
1: Yeah. So before, um, I mean, years ago now, I, 2012, actually, I started working for Soho House, which is um, a private members club that was founded in London. And they launched in Canada and Toronto in 2012. So I was part of the initial kind of task force at that business to launch the house um, and recruit new members for the Soho House. So that was kind of as community building as you can get. You know, you're trying to recruit and find people that work in creative industries to be part of this initial uh, group of members. So that was my first kind of foray into curating experiences for groups of people in a place. Um, so that was a couple years in 2012. And, and, you know, I was probably like 23 when I had that job and it was every bit as fun as you can imagine it was. It really was an incredible gig. So that was sort of the first time Of the community building side of things. And then when I was in Vancouver, I worked for a clothing brand called Kitten Ace. And my role there was really ultimately to build hype and excitement around new store openings. So that business grew extremely quickly and they opened, I think it was something like 65 stores in a year and a half. And they were constantly opening new stores all over the world and all over North America. So I started in Canada and then I kind of moved into like Pacific Northwest uh, USA. So I would basically be tasked with growing the community and building buzz and excitement around the store before it opened. So that's, it was definitely a challenging job because a lot of these cities I'd never even been to in my life, like Minneapolis or Portland or even Edmonton or Winnipeg. Like I'd never been to any of these places. So I would just like start kind of building my network and being like, do you know anyone in these places? And I slowly, slowly started and It was so cool, honestly, because I'm still in touch with a lot of those people that I would meet in those cities and I would host dinners and be able to kind of curate these groups of people and sit with them and talk to them and quite literally just have dinner. But it was so cool because it was really just building slowly but surely this very organic community um, around a clothing store, which is a really cool job to have, especially when you're you know, I do like to meet people and and I'm a people person. So it was kind of a perfect job for me at the time. And then since then, I, right before this job, I was working as a producer at Matier um, Creative in Toronto, which is helmed by Erin Kleinberg. And it's a really wonderful uh, all-female agency. And so being a producer, obviously very different than the other roles, but still kind of similar, like casting, building these communities, being on set, kind of entertaining people, it all kind of feels the same. So that's sort of what led me to TikTok to where I am today. That's awesome to hear because I'm so curious about
0: building networks. And like we talked about before, like your network really does open up a lot of doors and it's really, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as I hate to say it, it's really, you know, who, you know, kind of game. So you mentioned building your network in new cities that you've never been to. How was that process? Like, was there anything that you really leveraged? Like, was it LinkedIn? Was it Instagram? Like, how did you really build and reach out to those people?
1: Good question. It was Facebook at the time because Instagram I feel like I'm aging myself, but I think it was 2014, let's say, or 2014 or 15, where Instagram was still very new and it was a thing, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't as intuitive when it comes to just like finding people and all that. Like now that's what I would use probably. Right. Uh, It was Facebook. So I'll just literally tell you what I did. If I was going to Minneapolis, I think I remember I would literally post on my Facebook being like, does anyone know anyone in Minneapolis? And chances are they did. This obviously worked a lot better for Canada because I had I knew I kind of knew someone all over the place, Mm -hmm. but for those cities that were really um, I had zero experience with, that's where I would start, and then I would, quite honestly, I just am like really good at trolling the internet. So I would Google, I would just start to Google like who are the top artists in Minneapolis, who are who's doing cool stuff, like what are the coffee shops, what are the cool restaurants. I found just like a. I think that is a, a skill of mine is to just kind of find those interesting people in different places, and then I would just start to build out these lists of people and, and reach out to them. And the thing is, like, no one is weirded out by you cold calling them if you're kind of giving them a compliment. Hey, your business looks really cool. Can we meet? I'm going to be in town next week. We're opening this store. We'd love you. We'd love for you to be a part of it. So that's kind of how I did it, but. Yeah, it was it was a long time ago. So it was really Facebook that helped me out. Mm -hmm. And I think Facebook, I mean, although
0: not a lot of people use it as much in terms of like reaching out, like we had mentioned, there's still a lot of really great Facebook groups. Like I've heard Mm -hmm. people that are in like the marketing or advertising industry that are a part of these groups. And then they post whether it's like job postings or like the referral link. So yeah. It's not dead and there's definitely still areas of opportunity in that sense, but I'm so interested about your role specifically at TikTok in terms of like Mm -hmm. your day-to-day, like what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, so my day-to-day really is kind of building, growing, expanding creators' presence on the platform. Um, So helping Canadian creators tell their stories, um, discover new audiences, build their brands. Really our team, our overarching team is kind of there to amplify the voices of our creators. So we're really just getting started in Canada. Honestly, Um, we're not very old, but there's so many incredible creators in Canada, literally thousands and thousands of incredible ones. So we really want to highlight them and shine a spotlight on Canadian creators. So day to day, I would say, I mean, every day is different. and, And right now it's very specific because we're all, you know, virtual. Like I'm Uh, Everything is on zoom. I haven't met most of my team in person, which is so weird, but hopefully we'll meet soon. But I onboarded on zoom. Everyone that I've met since has onboarded on zoom. So that is a very specific type of working environment. But outside of our internal meetings, I would say, and like with cross functional partners, obviously, I spend a lot of time connecting with creators one on one on zoom. Eventually, hopefully that will be at the office um, that we're opening in a few months, hopefully, fingers crossed. But that can be people that I'm working with on a day-to-day on on helping out with their TikTok accounts or really onboarding um, new people and public figures and entertainment and celebrities that are new to TikTok and have no idea what they're doing. So it's a lot of connecting with creators in the community and, and reaching out to them, chatting with them, hearing about their experience, helping them troubleshoot different things like that. But you know, it can be daunting to get started on TikTok. So I really try at the end of the day to ease some of that um, and lay it all out very clearly, give examples to walk them through it. I sort of just put myself in anyone's shoes that is brand new to TikTok, has never been on it and is intimidated and doesn't know where to start. So I really try and lay it all out from the beginning. So that's kind of my day-to-day right now, although it changes every day. Yeah, no, for sure. And I feel you with the onboarding. When I onboarded, I was also
0: on Zoom. So I'm like, I have no idea how tall you guys are, like what you look like in person. I know. So weird. So crazy. But your role specifically, because you mentioned you work with creators one-on-one, which is so interesting. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, would really aspire to have a role like yours because it's, you know, there's a lot of different facets to it and you work with a lot of different people. But in terms of the creator community, how have you seen it grow during your time at TikTok and has it grown in a different way throughout the pandemic as well?
1: Mm -hmm. Great question. I mean, I think it's no secret that people, you know, especially in the early stages of the pandemic spent so much time on TikTok it's such an incredibly entertaining platform, right? And that is what the key is. It really is an entertainment platform versus a social media app at the end of the day. Uh, and that's a big def- differentiating factor for it. Cause it's so immersive that like you could literally spend, you know, hours on TikTok watching content instead of watching Netflix or instead of watching YouTube, because you can't do anything else. So, um, I have seen the you know, the community grow so much, just first off, like the sheer amount of Canadian creators that are on there who are reaching 1 million, 2 million, even 25 million followers. Like it's absolutely wild to see the heights that our creators are reaching. And the thing I'll say too, is that we've really seen creativity shine, you know? So as we grow in Canada, we really continue to see a more diverse set of creators on the platform, which is incredible to see. And it's a great platform for creative expression at the end of the day. That's the number one thing is that creativity shines. So I find that part most exciting about the job and and watching it grow is that it's really giving a platform and a voice to a community that may not be heard on other platforms. Um, The community is really diverse. It's authentic. It's multi-generational. That's another thing. It's like you don't have to be 21 to get TikTok or to blow up on TikTok. It really is. There's something for everyone. And so being you know, relatable, inclusive, breaking stereotypes, all that stuff is valued and it's noticed and it's celebrated on TikTok. So that's kind of how I've seen our community grow. And there's so much more that people haven't seen yet. Like truly, I feel like we discover new talent every single day of people. And you're just like, how have I not seen them before? But um, yeah, it's grown significantly and and we're excited for more. So you touched on it and it's finding
0: new talent, which I'm so interested about because like you mentioned, there's so many
1: creators out there. So in terms of finding new talent, like what does that process look like? So first of all, it's just spending a ton of time on TikTok. It is, it's is—it's a huge part of my day and, and it's a nice, obviously it's a perk because it's so fun and it's entertaining, but I feel like just spending a ton of time on the app, um, that's how we find a lot of new, exciting talent because it changes every single day. Like you'll, you'll notice different trends every day. So it's really important for us to spend a lot of time on the app. And then otherwise, because my job is also about, you know, working with and collaborating and supporting public figures, celebrities, entertainment, um, actors, hosts, radio, all that is is in my kind of portfolio. So I will also kind of seek out people that aren't on TikTok yet. And so people that are really doing well on other platforms, we want to chat to and see if they're interested in TikTok because sometimes they haven't even thought about it yet or they've thought about it and they're intimidated or don't know where to start. So that is where I would like to say I can come in and, and sort of chat with them and explain a few things and help them out and help them get started and launched.
0: Right. Yeah. And you're definitely in the know when it comes to yes what that secret sauce is for a creator. So in terms of getting started as a creator and like if we were to put ourselves in their shoes like what pieces of
1: advice do you have for a creator getting started on TikTok? Yes. I love this question because it is something I'm passionate about and excited about and feel like I'm an expert at sort of now. First and foremost, like I said before, get on the app and familiarize yourself with how it works. That is the number one thing I tell people is that you need to spend time on TikTok to figure out how, how things look, how things feel and what's trending, all that stuff it's kind of the best research platform on the planet. So you can use it to discover and plan and see what resonates with you, understand how you want to connect with your consumers. And then once you're on, I would say the really important things, you know, hashtags, use relevant hashtags, um, using captions, using text, all that stuff, trending music. There's so much on TikTok to choose from and music is, you know, its own huge, incredible beast on TikTok. So using the music that is there for your, for your taking, um, using sounds, interacting with your community, keeping up a consistent posting cadence is always going to help. So, you know, not just posting once every three weeks, like keep it, keep it up, keep it consistent, try some different things out, see what stick and, you know, pay attention to trends on TikTok and jump on the ones that feel right for you, but make them your own. So I feel like the TikTok community can really tell if if people are being genuine and that is the biggest one is that being yourself being genuine and then in terms of like tactical having a strong intro into your video which people you know helps people stay engaged all that stuff and and letting your personality shine without sounding too too cheesy but that's really what it is like there is something on there for everyone so Those are the things I would say to people really, really new and getting started on TikTok.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the key too, is just letting your personality shine and being unique. I'm so interested about, you know, the creators that you are most excited about, because like you mentioned, there's so many creators and there's so many videos that, you know, quote unquote, go viral. So I'd love to know what creators you're most excited about right now and, if there's a particular video in the past like year that has gone viral that you you absolutely love?
1: Yeah, oh my God, tough question. There are so many. So this is a hard one to narrow down. Um, what is a video that's gone viral? I will have to think about that one. I can highlight a couple people. I work with so many. So this is like choosing choosing your favorite kid or something, but um, <laughs> Spencer West is an incredible creator. He's also the nicest guy around. So just want to give a shout out to him. He's a motivational speaker um, and a disability advocate. Among other things, he uses his TikTok to discuss and educate around you know people with disabilities as well as the LGBTQ plus community. He has grown so quickly and is just an inspiration to us all. So I love his content. Um, another one that I love is Meg. Her uh, TikTok handle is Bootleg Megs. She is a university student. She's an incredible creator. Um and she has just absolutely blown up in the past year. Uh in a few short months, I think she got to like over a million followers super, super quickly. Her content has scored her some wild brand partnerships as well with like Netflix, Bumble, Teen Vogue. Um, so she's just incredible. And I love what I love about her is that she just does her own thing and she stays true to herself and she does not listen to anyone and what she does is just really different from everyone so she's someone i noticed early on and i really loved and and to watch her blow up is just amazing another one i'm excited about and have been excited about kine online kine is his tiktok handle kine was a contestant on Canada's Drag Race and is a self-professed drag queen who loves math and sparkly things so kine's videos are incredible and educational around math and also drag content. And it's super fun and digestible. And I feel like that's a part of TikTok that is so cool. That's like a drag queen who's doing TikToks about math. Like where else do you find that? So love, love, kind. And then the last one I'm excited about right now, I don't work with, but Tragically Hip just joined the platform, which is incredible. And they released their first kind of duet of Ahead by a Century. And It's just really lovely and emotional and special. And so everyone should just check that out if they're a hip fan, because to see them join the platform and and to kind of lean in is really cool. So that's just a sprinkling. There's so many. I could talk about this for five hours, but yeah.
0: No, I definitely have to check those creators out. On that same note, I'd love to know what your favorite TikTok account is to follow
1: right now. This changes every week. So actually, it probably changes every day. Right now, I will say I am, for background, I'm a very unskilled and green person when it comes to anything to do with makeup or skincare or anything, like absolutely just clueless. So I've been following um, a very incredible Canadian beauty creator, Glamzilla. But she put me on to, she's amazing. Everyone should follow her. But she put me on to the NYX brow glue, which I'm, I'm pretty sure sold out like in North America now, but that brow glue has changed my life. And I also know that she has single-handedly been responsible for like a number of beauty and makeup items, just completely selling out. So that shows you the power of like TikTok made me buy it. But so she's someone that I am following very closely right now. That's awesome. I'll have to check her out for sure. Yeah.
0: That just made me think of this because the beginning of the pandemic, the Dalgona coffee, so Mm -hmm. popular. So what has been your favorite TikTok like food trend?
1: Okay. Um, Well, today I just asked anyone on my team if they had tried the pesto eggs. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that is very new. I've seen it. Yeah. So I want to try that. Um, I tried the feta pasta and I did like it quite a bit. So I would say that is my favorite one. I do want to try the tortilla hack where you do all four things, but I haven't tried that one yet. Oh, like the contrap supreme? No, that one I want to try too, but you know, the one where you just like cut a little slit and then you kind of put the corners. Of- oh no, I haven't seen that, that one. That one was huge. Um, but feta pasta, I would say was really good. And then the Gigi Hadid pasta is also really good. It's actually crazy to think how it has impacted something you know, as specific as food trends like that in such a huge way that it's now kind of more than just like, oh, it's big on TikTok. Now it's like actually a thing in culture. So yeah, that, that has been really cool, but those are my, my top ones. I'm going to try the pesto eggs, I think next week. Yeah. I've heard of that and I really want to try it.
0: So I'll have to try that this week too. Yeah. But in terms of your job and just going back to, you know, your specific role, what would you say is the most rewarding part of your job, especially since you work with a lot of different teams internally and a lot of different creators?
1: Oh, there are a few, I would say Um, a job like the one I have is extremely rewarding in a lot of ways because there's a lot of tangible results. Watching someone grow their following from 2000 to 1.2 million in a quick, you know, in a short amount of time is incredibly rewarding. I would say like seeing how TikTok can impact the livelihoods of our creators in a really meaningful way is extremely rewarding. How TikTok provides a platform for under, you know, represented and marginalized communities and just in general, you know, the work that we're all doing on the Canada team to amplify these Canadian content creators and showing them at a global scale is incredibly rewarding to see them have opportunities just beyond TikTok is huge. And at the end of the day, like I'm a people person, like I said before, so this is a massive part of my job. So that is in itself just really rewarding.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see how, you know, all aspects of your job would be so rewarding. And that's so awesome to hear that you enjoy your job and that your, you know, your day to day is something that really excites you, which is always nice to see because whenever I ask people about that, their face almost like lights up when they talk about what they do in a day to day. I always like asking everybody that comes on what their pinch me moment has been in their career. So is there anything that like stands out to you throughout the past like years that you've been in the industry?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think I have a lot of pinch me moments. I mean, of course, like early on working at Soho House, there were several hundred pinch me moments that I can't talk about um, because it was a private members club but yeah (laughs) that was incredible and so many cool experiences that I got to have and travel and going around you know the world to see the different properties like really really incredible moments and then right now every day I feel like I have a bunch of pinch me moments I mean watching tiktok have such a massive influence on culture and again whether that's like food trends like we said on music and how that can launch someone's entire music career you know impacting politics i feel very lucky and i feel like it's kind of like a lightning in a bottle moment so i feel i yeah i have a lot of pinch me moments every day and i just feel lucky to work somewhere that is positive and amplifying voices like like we are so lots of them
0: Right. And that's so important to work somewhere that, you know, you really value the mission and vision and where everything is going. So, yeah, I love that. And, you know, I'm definitely going to be continuing to support you and like what you do in your career because I find it so inspiring. I want to end things off with the best piece of advice that you've been given and that you continue to take with you
1: throughout your career. Okay. I think in terms of pieces of advice, I said this earlier, but, you know, my parents were really instrumental in in shaping mine and my sister's work ethic. My dad being a recruiter, it was like his entire career. So being punctual, being on time, um, being respectful of other people's time, always sending thank you emails after an interview. If someone is taking the time to chat with you, making sure that you're prepared and that you have questions, um, I mean, I think a quote that has sort of always stuck out to me as I've, as I've, you know, moved throughout my career and into more senior roles is be nice to people on your way up because you might meet them again on your way down. And this one, it's like literally a live, laugh, love quote, but it really has stuck with me because I always kind of think about that. Like if someone reaches out and I can help them in any way, you never know when I'm going to need someone's help in a couple of years. So I really try and, keep that one in my in my head. But yeah, those little things, being on time is a huge one and respecting other people's time. Those are big ones that I always try and remember.
0: Yeah. And those don't go unnoticed. Like people will, you know, start to pick up and notice that you are punctual, that you are appreciative. And I think that quote is really important to keep in mind, especially as you know, everybody goes through their career and other people are reaching out for an informational interview or coffee chat. I think it's so easy to say, you know, I don't have time for that, or that's just not something I have energy for right now. But at the same time, like we were all in that position, creeping LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. finding that person. So it's always good to just give back.
1: Exactly. And you can still be, um, you know, protective of your bandwidth and, and what, you're, what you have time for. But I will say I, I never, ever will forget those people that did kind of go out of their way to help me when I was really junior and really green and, and just wanted to get that next opportunity. So if I can hopefully be that to someone, then I'm happy. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to thank you again for taking the time because I know a lot of people are, you know, inspired by your job and your career. And a lot of people do want to know how, you know, you got to where you are. So I really appreciate you taking the time to share it with us and just give some advice.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me.